the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Opinions expressed in the following program may not reflect those of Salem Media of Colorado or its sponsors. This is Life in Colorado, a radio news magazine about the issues, events, and the unique life we live in the Centennial State. Keep on trying till Life in Colorado. Hello and welcome to another edition of Life in Colorado. September the 22nd to the 28th is National Fault Prevention Awareness Week. And the reason that this is important is that falls are actually the third leading cause of unintentional injuries that relate to fatalities. The CDC reported that in 2016, 30,000 older Americans died as a result of a fall. I don't know if you remember this commercial, but let's go ahead and play it. I've fallen, and I can't get up. We're sending help immediately, Mrs. Fletcher. Uh, Richard, do you remember that commercial? Oh, yes. I, re- I remember hearing that. Com- and laughing, unfortunately. It's, of course, it's not funny now as i being older and thinking about it, but it's, yeah. It's a serious issue. It's funny how getting older will do that to you. <laughs> what used to be funny is now very serious. Yes, yes, yes. You're a successful sales pro. You're making good money. So what's missing? Do you need something bigger than commissions? Salem Media Group in Denver is seeking an integrated marketing consultant who shares our sense of mission and wants to grow with a great company. We need an experienced, uncompromising self-starter who understands selling, marketing, and ad strategies for digital and broadcast. Join our team and fuel that fire in your belly as you work with existing clients and develop new business in the Denver metro. Go to SalemMedia.com slash careers for more. We're going to be speaking with a physician, Dr. Jonathan Zonka, and we're going to discuss the severity. We're going to discuss prevention, and we're going to discuss the fact that it's not just the fall. It's things that happen around the fall. Hi, Dr. Zonka. Are you there with us? I am. Thank you so much. I appreciate you taking the time to sit down and talk with us about this serious matter. Now, we all remember that commercial from a few decades ago where there's an older I've woman. Mm-hmm, I've fallen and I can't get up. And, and I remember back then thinking that was humorous. But as I've gotten older, it's really not that funny. It's not. And it's a really important issue that especially older adults need to be aware of, in part because of some of the issues cause them to be a little more frail, more likely to fall, and they may be more susceptible to medications and injury as they fall. And we'll talk during this interview about some things to help prevent those falls, as well as um, what some of the risks are falls and how we can avoid them. Okay. But for experienced adults, specifically those who live alone, how severe is the risk of a a fall or, or anything that can happen after the fall? One of the things that is really important to evaluate when we're taking care of patients, uh, especially the elderly, um, in our practice across New West, what we do is we 
try and screen for people who are more at risk for falls. So we do what's called a time get up and go test. This is basically to see how well they can get up out of a chair and get across the room. And if they're delayed in that or if they have issues with balance or strength, it shows up in that test. And it's simply an awareness of that person may have some issues and it gets to many areas of living, such as getting to the bathroom at night, or if their vision is impaired where they can't quite see obstacles in the way at night. Usually at night, too, a lot of people, as we get older, we have a harder time with uh, maybe getting our wits about us as we get up to go to the bathroom. And so darkness and medications they might take to go to sleep or medications which may make their, their reflexes not quite so good can affect their ability to recover from a fall. And then the other issue is if you do fall, there's greater risk of injury, such as a bone fracture or a hip fracture. And one of those long-term problems is that once somebody fractures their hip, if they're above 65, they have a pretty good chance of dying within six months, whether sometimes as high as 25 to 50% chance, simply because they've lost that mobility with that hip fracture. Oh, my goodness. So I remember as my, my grandmother became older and she finally got all of us out of her house, <laughs> she was incredibly happy and proud of her independence. So how how do we work with those experienced adults who are proud and happy to have gotten us out of the house and they're finally yep. alone for one moment in their life? How, how do we One period in their life. Yeah. I think it's important to support them in that independent living. Because most of the time, older adults who are, have, are living on their own, they're actually pretty comfortable and pretty safe in their own house and making sure they are safe there with taking away throw rugs that may get in the way of their walking, making sure they have a, a lighted path at night, maybe a nightlight in the bathroom. In addition, doing some things like encouraging physical activity, maybe at the local rec center. I know Denver has a, uh, a lot of rec centers mm-hmm. that are free for uh, seniors as well as most insurance plans like the I know we take Medicare plan and it, it gives them a free pass and that's one of the reasons I encourage them to do that they give them a free pass to go to a, either a gym or a rec center and what that means is we want them to go and go to the gym and not just do regular exercise but do some maybe some, some specific exercises for balance maybe one of those adult tai chi classes or a yoga class specifically designed to help encourage balance but any kind of even strength training reduces the risks of falls and very importantly reduces the risk of getting injured with falls so that thing that they've been telling us about a body in motion stays in motion is true? Exactly, yes. And so if we can keep those adults in their own home active and being able to protect themselves, they're going to be a lot better because once you move someone out of their home, that also increases the risk of their fall. So when we have patients that go into the hospital, that's one of the biggest risks that they have is because they're not aware of their surroundings. They're often sick. Maybe they're on some pain medications, which can affect their ability to keep their balance and recognize where they're at. So they often don't know where they're at, and they may fall because they're unaware of their surroundings. So it's not necessarily having someone there. It's just being aware of their surroundings and and kind of keeping the throw rugs away, having some nightlights and things of that nature? Is it that simple? Those those certainly can help. And sometimes we'll even have a home health type of company come out and do what's called a safety check. And they look around and they see if maybe grab bars could be placed in certain areas, if they need a shower seat, if there are throw rugs or maybe different lighting that could help out keep those uh, seniors in, in good stead so that they're at less risk of falling at home. Now, you, you 
gave me a, a term I, I'm not familiar with, a safety check. Is that something that someone can request from an agency or... It is. And usually the first place to start is just with your regular doctor, your primary care physician, and talk to them about some of the risks. You're worried about falling. That's a great way to start. I'm worried about falling. And then they can go into, let's check into what is your home environment like? Who do you have that you can call in an emergency? Do you have one of those life alert call buttons? Um, A lot of people will say, well, I have my home phone. But if you can't get to your phone, then it doesn't help out that much and you can't quite get there or if you're knocked unconscious. Hmm. Wow. Okay. Now, now the figure that I quoted is actually from the U.S. Center of Disease Control and Prevention that in 2016, just two years ago, 30,000 experienced adults died as a result of a fall. Is, does that figure exorbitant or does that sound about right to you? It sounds about right because of that issue of whether it's a hip fracture or maybe a spine fracture or maybe a a blow to the head that causes bleeding. And then those can all cause death in within, let's say, one, you know, a couple hours to days or six months. But there's also some other things of why did the person fall? They often are seen for a fall, but they might be down for a couple hours or days, and that can certainly increase the risk of death. Or is it that they couldn't get up because of other reasons? So if one in four adults fall, not, not everybody has major injuries. Most, most falls don't cause a major injury. But it's about that person that does fall, they're at risk for another fall later. And we should really address that as a safety concern. Yeah, and that brings, brings up something. A fear of falling can actually increase the chances of falling? That's correct. So, Maria, what can happen is if somebody feels that they're going to fall, they may do a lot less and not be as active. And that's the exact opposite of what we want. We want them to get active and get someone to maybe take them to a a gym or a rec center or have a home health agency come in and actually work on what are some balance exercises they can do? What are some strengthening activities they can do even right in their own home? And those can really help out to improve their strength, their flexibility, their ability to catch themselves with balance and find out just how they can improve their strength. Um, hey, Richard, um, how are we looking on time? Uh, we're, we've got about uh, 15 minutes or so. Yeah, okay, we're good. doing all right. All right. We will be right back with Dr. Jonathan Zonka, and we'll continue to talk about falls, fall prevention, and actually we'll get a little bit into drug interactions as well. Just one moment. Why should you volunteer with Meals on Wheels? I never thought that five minutes could make so much difference in the lives of two people, but it has. Drop off a warm meal and get more than you expect. Volunteer at americaletsdolunch.org. Brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. Getting a little bit away from falls, and let's talk about overall adult health. Day to day, year to year. As we get older and the machine that is our body starts to, you know, experience a little more wear, a little more tear, a little depreciation. (laughs) Uh, What kinds of things can we do as far as Definitely you discuss physical activity, but what other things can we do to kind of help maintain that body in motion, staying in motion rhythm? That's a great question, and it's complicated in the fact that one of the first steps we have to do is probably just check with our regular doctor and find out what it is that we're at risk for. So during our visits that I see in my my practice, we talk about the whole 
picture of the person. What medications are you taking? What activities are you doing? Are you, is there somebody checking on you? Do you have family in town who lives with you? Um, one of the big parts is that is we get these aches and pains and groans. We end up taking some medications for them or for other problems, and those can be a contributing factor. So reviewing all those medications and making sure there's not an interaction between the medications mm. and making sure that uh, they're not increasing the risk of fall. Sometimes medications are left on because they've just people are just taking them and they're stable and doing it, but they may not always need to be there. One of the key indicators is if you have five medications, and that might include over-the-counter ones, mm. there is a really good chance of an interaction between there. And advanced groups that use an electronic record and computerized documentation, um, like our programs that we have at New West, we have an automatic checking machine that looks at all of your prescriptions oh. to make sure there's not a major interaction. And that's an important thing. Also talking to your pharmacist, is there an interaction I should be aware of with this? Can I drink alcohol on this? Um, those are the type of questions that you should be asking. Speaking of drug interactions, uh, in my research, it said that, that your medications could possibly have a negative interaction with vitamins, herbal supplements, or even over-the-counter medications. That's correct, Maria. One of the things that I think about is anything you put in your body, including food or other substances, even vitamins, I consider it a chemical or a material that's going in there. So we have to think about whether or not that's going to interact. Some medications need to be taken without food, such as your thyroid medication. Other medications, such as your cholesterol medicine, should not be taken with grapefruit juice because it'll really increase the level of that, that statin drug. So those are some of the important interactions that you might not think about, but should be talked about with your physician. Now, as far as the interactions that we don't actually think about, I discovered that caffeine or even too much green tea can adversely affect your medicines. Is that accurate? That is accurate. One of the things as we age, some of our processes slow down. Just like you mentioned getting out of bed, it, other things slow down as well. So if you drink that cup of coffee as a 20-year-old in the morning, it usually is gone within about four to six hours. Whereas if we're older, our, as we age each year, there's some decline in our ability to process that, whether it's in the liver or the kidney, where most medications are, are processed and eliminated. And you may see that there's a 33% delay or longer in particularly caffeine metabolism. So that cup of coffee at dinner for the older adult might not be actually being processed until early the next morning. And I don't know if you remember your grandparents having coffee with dinner or nighttime Always. and then going right to bed and you thought, why can they have a cup of coffee and go to bed? It's probably because the cup of coffee earlier in the day is still there and it doesn't really matter when they drink that cup of coffee. Hmm. Yeah, my grandmother always used to wake up first thing, 6 o'clock in the morning, a small little cup of coffee, her cigarette, and then we'd get to do yard work. I, I say get to do yard work sarcastically, <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah. Let's see. Uh, you mentioned an example of thyroid medicine. On the list, it says that some medicines that can increase the risk of falls are blood pressure pills, heart medicines, water pills, muscle relaxants, and, of course, sleeping pills. When we're looking at blood pressure for older or experienced adults, when you're, it may be an issue with 
taking blood pressure pills, we always want our blood pressure to be controlled and perfect. However, we're a little bit more lenient when it becomes to the more advanced age, 75 or 85. We might not want that blood pressure to be 110 over 60. We might allow or ensure that that blood pressure is a little higher, maybe even above 130 over 80, so that it reduces the chance of the blood pressure dropping when that person goes and stands up and walks across the room. It can cause people to feel dizzy and lightheaded. And one of the issues is our body does not always have the same ability as we age to push blood back to the heart in the venous return system. And so making sure that people drink enough water and are adequately hydrated and taking care of themselves in that way so that we adjust those medications. So you might actually be taking less blood pressure medicine or want a little higher blood pressure as we age. What about smoking? And I mean cigarette smoking and I mean cannabis. So we'll talk about the cigarette smoking first, and then we'll deal with the cannabis, which is a good question, and some other substances that can also affect uh, mood and um, stability when walking. So with the... um, with cigarette smoke, it has a lot of effects. One is it can make the heart beat faster, increase your risk for heart attacks and strokes, which clearly can increase the risk of falls, but also it can damage the art the arteries that flow into the legs and causing worsening circulation and less stability because you don't have the good blood flow and you don't have good muscle tone. The other is that nicotine, the derivative from cigarettes, can actually impair the uh, metabolism of other drugs in the liver. There's one big common system that a lot of drugs are processed in. It's called this Uh, cytochrome P450. There's a bunch of different enzymes in the liver, but that's one of the main ones. And if you have other substances that you don't want being metabolized in there, it can affect and maybe either make metabolism faster or slower for other drugs. Related to your question on the marijuana, Mm -hmm. certainly among other drugs such as uh, sleeping pills or alcohol that can affect the person's sensorium, meaning their ability to interact with their environment. So it can affect their ability to prevent falls. Maybe they do risky behavior that they shouldn't do, running down the stairs um, or doing other activities. Maybe they're not as aware of their environment or in control of their body. So being very careful, especially combining those uh, medications and substances. So we certainly wouldn't want somebody, for instance, taking a sleeping pill and drinking. Mm. We wouldn't want people to be drinking and using marijuana. Okay. Okay, good. Because I I know, you know, this is Colorado and and definitely a lot of individuals are retiring and, you know, they just want to slow things down maybe a bit. So, so you're saying that it's not the chemicals inside of marijuana, it's your reaction and your actions while you're using? It it can be all of it. Because every individual is is so different with their interaction with marijuana, and it's a lot stronger than it used to be. And so people may not be aware, and there, I know there has been an increase in the utilization of the emergency room for overdose of marijuana because people aren't really experienced or they overdo it a, a bit too much and they're not uh, able to handle the uh, the dosing that they take. And so it can hit people a lot later, especially if they're eating edibles and it comes on suddenly and they don't realize it and they can have a lot of issues. Okay. Oh, you know what? You're a doctor and I have you on the line, so you know I need you to give us the speech about eating right. (laughs) Um, So as far as food, sometimes 
if people have, um, you know, one of the things is when you, when do you eat and if you have low sugar, so if people are, have diabetes, you know, being sure that they're not going too long without eating and have some um, good source. And if people are around you and you have diabetes, make sure they're aware of it and how to check your sugar. If you're not acting like you normally would, it's a good place to start to check a regular blood sugar on your finger. Um, and some people, as they get older, some medications may not work the same way. For instance, a category of drugs called sulfonylureas that are older diabetes drug and have effects for a lot longer and can cause really low blood sugar in older adults uh, in the middle of the night. So being sure to talk with your physician. I, in my practice at uh, Ascent of New West, we often talk about that with patients and, and make sure they're not having really low blood sugars in the middle of the night because people can have even difficulties like heart attack or stroke in the middle of the night because of their low blood sugar. So it's a really big problem. And so we try and figure out what's the best dosing and when, what time and watch their blood sugar carefully. Okay. So other than, you know, sitting down and talking with your physician, and, and definitely we, we got the, you know, no throw rugs, uh, definitely some night lights if you can, increase your physical activity as far as strength and balance. What if you're the daughter or the son of someone who's living alone. What can you do not to invade their privacy, not to detract from their independence, but what can you do to look out for mom and dad? Taking care of mom and dad, it's an important thing for all of us. And just being involved in their health care, sometimes even just checking up on them and looking around their house and, and offering suggestions of maybe we should do this or um, making sure to do a check-in call with them or setting up those, those life, lock or life alert call buttons where they can call and make sure it's, it's for if you fall. People are often afraid to use them. So encouraging people to use those buttons because that's what they're there for is an emergency to prevent you from having a worse problem. I think the the other is recognizing that falls are a problem and being aware that their medications um, or alcohol can affect it, looking at their medications and going over them with the doctor and they're taking them at the right time. For instance, a water pill like a diuretic can, if you take it at night, can make them go to the bathroom a lot more when they're not really aware of the risk of falls. Anything that you would like to stress as a physician or any words of advice or wisdom that as a doctor, I know you get asked this all the time, that you can just pass along to us uh, some, some revelation. I think the, the, the first and foremost thing is talk to your doctor about all the medications you're taking. Please make sure that you get your eyes checked, make your home safer, get rid of things that are could, you could trip over, put some night lights in. Do your strength and balance exercises. There's a lot of opportunities, even in your home, to do those exercises like Tai Chi or yoga. Often they're even on the TV. You can do it um, um, there. Um, go to find out your nearest rec center. Maybe if you're that son or daughter, take them for a walk and see how they do. See if they need a cane to stabilize themselves. Look at maybe putting in a ramp if they can't do stairs as easily. Um, and if you're afraid of falling, talk to your family or your regular physician. Um, and the other issue is that some people say they broke their hip when they fell. Um, one of the important things is really taking a look at that oftentimes people have osteoporosis as a result they break their hip and then fall so instead of breaking it when they hit the ground they actually break the hip standing and then fall down 
So if you get a regular bone density test, especially for those women who are over age 65, it is recommended they get a bone density test. It's really important because if you have weak bones, it might just break on its own with no trauma whatsoever. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Zonka. We appreciate you coming on the show. I appreciate it, Maria. To my love, took it down. I climbed a mountain and I turned around. And I saw my reflection in snow-covered hills till the landslide brought me down. Oh, mirror in the sky, what is love? Can't child in my heart rise above Can I sail through the changing ocean tides Can I handle the seasons of my That does it for our show this week. Richard Robertson is our show producer. I'm Maria Oliver, and this is Life in Colorado. If you have questions or comments about today's program, please call 303-750-5687. Life in Colorado is a public affairs presentation of Salem Media of Colorado.